This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 4th, 2020. Joseph betrayed. locations. We're so glad to be with you this morning. So glad that you chose to take your time today to be with us as we celebrate and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this morning we begin a new series. Focuses on a man we find in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. His name is Joseph. Not the Joseph who's the daddy of Jesus, excuse me, the stepfather of Jesus, but one who lived many, many years before that. This This Joseph has quite a story. We're going to be looking at him throughout this month. This morning, we're going to focus on how he was betrayed. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us online and right here in person at 4744 Summit Bridge Road. We have what feels like a full house today, and we also have at least 55 households on Facebook. There's more on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, give give us a shout out so that we know that you're with us. But I do have some shout outs today. We want to let Dot and Carol Reed know, congratulations on wedding anniversary 52. Oh my goodness. That is so awesome. And at the same time, we have right in the house, not even wedding anniversary number one, but we have newlyweds, Stephen Malaya Brannon, congratulations. Welcome back. Thank you for serving our country. We're glad that you're here. We also have lots of other people joining us. We have Chrissy and Karen and Edna and Dave and Lois and the Maloneys and the Franklins. And I could go on and on and on. But we are just honored and blessed that you are making it a priority to worship Jesus today together. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. Oh, boy. God, thank you for the beautiful day and for our time together in our homes, at work, uh, away on vacation, and right here in our church building. Settle us in. Help us focus and concentrate on your word found in scripture and how we can apply it to our lives. We thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Okay, so Joseph. Joseph, he was the 11th of the 12 sons of Jacob. Jacob's also known by the name Israel. You got that later in life. Israel, the father of the nation that goes by that same name. Now, it was from these 12 sons, his 12 sons, that the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel descended. Jacob had two wives, uh, Leah, Rachel. They were sisters. And, and, And Rachel was barren. I mean, she couldn't have children, at least for a while. And that was very important in those days if, if, if you were a wife uh, uh, to be able to give children to, to your husband. So the first ten sons were born to Leah and also to Leah's handmaiden Zilpah and to Rachel's handmaiden Bil- Bil- Bilhah. Things worked a little different back then. 
It's a good thing I wasn't born back then. It worked then. a little different back then when it came to wives giving their husbands children, even if that meant having him sleep with the servant. Finally, though, Rachel was able to give birth to Joseph. And later on, she also gave birth to Benjamin. So we're looking at Genesis 37, verses 2 through 4. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. He made, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And so Israel, also known as Jacob, loved Joseph the best. As scripture says, because he was born in his old age, I think also because he was born to his favorite wife, Rachel. Just saying. Not only was Joseph the favorite, though, but Jacob made no bones about that. I mean, he advertised it for all to see by making an ornate robe for Joseph. Maybe you're more familiar with the words, not ornate, but the, um, the coat of many colors. That's what we find in the King James Version. Also, Broadway, they, they had an interesting name for it a few years ago. They had a Broadway musical known as Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. There you go. Yeah. You know, in the scripture that I just shared, it was bad enough that Joseph gave a bad report, a field report, um, on his brothers. It's like he was a tattletale, um, <laughs> tending the flocks. <clears throat> but really, sometimes siblings do that. That was nothing compared to the favoritism that was going on in this household. Do you know what happens when you have a favorite child... <laughs> And it's obvious to others in the family. Not always, but often, the favorite gets filled with himself or herself and kind of throws that around. And the others get really filled with jealousy. And so as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody, everything, <laughs> we need to take note of that. Not cool to have favorites. Playing favorites is never good. Mm -hmm. So the result in this case was that the brothers hated Joseph so much that they were unable to speak a kind word about him. No wonder. Check to see which of our kids is bucking to be your favorite. I right know. Now. They okay. all have this discussion okay. about who. So it gets worse, though. Joseph has a dream, a, a vision. And when he shares it with his brother, I, I got to... I've got to believe this dream. He, he was not totally humble. Doesn't say it. I'm just projecting a little bit. Wasn't completely humble when he shared it. It only makes them hate him more when he shares the dream. No wonder. The dream consists of, of all of them, all of them, uh, of them all binding sheaves or, you know, uh, uh, bundles of grain out in the field. When suddenly Joseph's sheaf rose, stood upright, and their sheaves gathered around and bowed down to it. Now, this is the kid brother. This is that little 
snotty-nosed kid, you know, sharing this with the older guys that their sheaves are going to just think about it if that was you and your siblings, you know. Think about that, that, that deal. The brothers asked Joseph if he, in, if he intended to reign over them, to rule them. And they hated him even more, Scripture says. Wow. And then Joseph has another dream. <laughs> and this time it is the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. <laughs> And when he shares this with not only his brothers at the time, but his father as well, daddy even rebukes him, saying, Will your mother and I, the sun and the moon, and your brothers, the eleven stars, actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. <laughs> So sometimes, sometime later, his brothers were um, grazing their father's flocks, and, and Jacob, the old man, sends uh, uh, Joseph to see if all is well with them. Now, isn't that interesting? Uh, the favored one gets to be the overseer, the checker on her. Long story short, when they see little brother in distance, they plot to kill him. They got to kill him. That's how bad things are. That's serious jealousy, don't you think? You know, Joseph was a little cocky, perhaps, with his flashy robe. Maybe he could have shared his dreams a little more gently, a little more compassionate, a little less self-confidence, maybe. Maybe he could have recognized their feelings and tried to, a little harder to understand their jealousy. But murder? Whew. Murder. It's kind of troubling when our emotions go that far unchecked. Amen? Amen at home? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Murder. So they strip him of that robe. They got that thing out there. And they throw him into what is uh, known as a cistern or an underground reservoir for rainwater. It was empty, but that's what it does. It collects rainwater for the future. Threw him in there. So do you know that we're frozen right now? I'm like this, and you're like this on What Facebook. am I looking like? Is it a bad yeah. look? Oh. You know how when you freeze on, the, on Zoom, it's really not very attractive right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, here they see a caravan of foreign traders. They're called the Ishmaelites. They're heading for Egypt. And one of the brothers, a Judah, suggests that instead of killing Joseph, they sell him into slavery. Hey, great idea. Instead of killing him, let's sell him into <laughs> slavery. And he says, after all, you know, he's, he's our flesh and blood. And so... Let's just sell him into slavery. <laughs> The other brothers agreed, and for 20 pieces of silver, they sell their brother. They take the Technicolor dream coat, and they dip it in the blood of, the slaughtered, uh, of a slaughtered goat, and then they take the robe to their dad and ask him to examine it to see if it's his son's. Mm. And dad, Jacob, recognizes the robe and figures that a ferocious animal devoured Joseph. And so he mourns. Of course he mourns his lost, a.k.a. favorite son, for many, many, many years. Can you just imagine what these boys put their father through by doing this? Betrayed. Betrayed. Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers. Actually, his father was, the father was too. 
But Joseph was betrayed. Hard to believe someone would betray their own brother to that extent. But it happens. It's not always a brother, but it often happens to the ones we're close to, a friend, neighbor, co-worker, parent, child, sibling, spouse, teacher, preacher. <clears throat> Betrayal happens. Happened to us. It's happened to us over the years. Maybe it's happened to you. If not, chance are good, it will sooner or later. Maybe not to the extent that it happened to Joseph. May, uh, maybe not betrayed into slavery, but it happens. And when it happens, we have a choice. When someone betrays us, especially someone close to us, betrays us, we have a choice. The choice is ours to make. In the words of author and pastor Andy Stanley from North Point Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia, he says this, we can choose to be better or bitter, bitter or better. What are we going to choose? Are we going to be bitter about that situation or are we going to be better because of that situation? It's our choice. If we choose bitter... We spend some time in the muck. We wallow in our misery. We allowed what has happened to control us, to confine us, to define us. We allow someone else's bad choices, their bad decision, someone else's sin, their behavior to have authority over us and our actions and our thoughts and our feelings. When someone betrays us and we become bitter, it's as if we've given that person permission, so to speak, to take control of our present and our future. Think about that. We've given them the keys to the kingdom of our joy, of our peace, and I mean, we can blame them, but it just doesn't change the situation because it is our choice. It's our life, therefore our choice. We can choose to be bitter in reaction to what someone else does, and we make the decision to do that. Hmm. Or we can choose to be better, better in our relationship with others careful not to betray them as we've been betrayed, better as we choose to focus on what God tells us, that he, lo that he loves us, instead of focusing on what someone else tells us by letting us down. We can choose to be better as we seek God's help to forgive the person who betrayed us, not saying that what they did was okay, but saying, I'm not going to allow what they did to control me any longer. I'm not going to allow their betrayal to dampen the joy that Jesus brings to my life. I'm not going to allow anyone or anything to come between me and that peace that passes all understanding that we read about in Scripture. The peace that God promises, the peace that God delivers. I'm going to find joy in the Lord, despite the circumstances I find myself in. What about you? Bitter or better? Back to Joseph's story, picking it up at chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, 
bought him, so this is the second time he's been sold, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he, and he entrusted to his care, to Joseph's care, everything he owned. Mm. And Joseph, so Joseph got better, not bitter. He focused not on his situation, but on God's infiltration. So when the Ishmaelites traders sold Joseph to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard, Joseph gave it all he had, even though he was enslaved. Now, sure, the scripture tells us the Lord was with him. But, you know, the Lord being with you really doesn't mean that much if you're not looking toward the Lord, if you don't recognize that the Lord is with you, if your focus is on your misery and not on God's mastery. So the Lord was with Joseph, while at the same time, Joseph was with the Lord. And Joseph prospered. He prospered. He did not let being betrayed by his brothers dictate his future. In one of the opening songs we shared together, I Am Not Alone, that Courtney sang. Awesome job with that, Courtney. She sang this chorus, I am not alone. I am not alone. You, you, Lord, will go before me. You will never leave me. And so I think about that song, and perhaps when I'm feeling betrayed or alone, that song could come to mind. And, and we find this all right in the Psalms and the scriptures. You know, I am not alone because the Lord is indeed with us. And so Joseph didn't know this song at the time, but, but he claimed it. I'm not alone. You, Lord, are with me. You'll never lead me, leave me. And as a result, Joseph chose Better, not bitter. Hmm. Joseph chose better, not bitter. So the question for us is, what will we choose? Better or bitter? You know, there are other betrayals in the Bible. They're all over the place, other than Joseph. Probably the best known is uh, the betrayal of Jesus. By one of those closest to him, one of his 12 disciples, Judas Iscariot. Whereas Joseph's brother sold him for 20 pieces of silver, <laughs> Judas betrayed Jesus for 30. The price of a slave at the time. Interesting. This betrayal led to Jesus being tried by the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, who would have him crucified on a cross to die. Judas wasn't the only one who betrayed Jesus. Peter we talk about Peter a lot. He's the one that walked on water toward the boat and then took his eyes off and went in. Peter, one of Jesus' BFFs, the inner circle of uh, Jesus' friends, somebody who Jesus, I'm sure, depended on, he betrayed Jesus as well. We've shared this story a lot, not with a kiss, but do you remember in the garden he was approached when Jesus had been arrested and ready to be tried? Oh, no, I don't even know him, Peter said. 
I don't even know him. After traveling with him, after seeing miracles, I don't even know him. He turned his back on Jesus at the very time that Jesus needed him perhaps the most. Now, the other disciples did not do much better on that one. They also betrayed Jesus. They scattered. They ran. They were afraid for their own lives. I'm sure Jesus felt really lonely. Scripture says that. It goes hand in hand with being betrayed. You know, the truth is, giving it some thought, though, I'm I'm no better than Judas or Peter or, or any of the others who turned their back on Jesus that night thinking about it here, how often have I denied him? Maybe not by what I said, but by what I didn't say, by what I didn't do. (laughs) How how often have I sold out, not Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but myself for whatever I chose over Jesus Christ? How often have I, like the disciples, turned and and run away (laughs) when I've had the chance to claim Christ? And instead said nothing, perhaps. And in so doing, denied him, betrayed him. How often? The funny thing is, not like a ha-ha, but interesting funny, is when we turn from Jesus, he doesn't turn from us. He turns toward us. He comes toward us. Judas didn't give him a chance because Judas took his own life. But Jesus turned toward Peter. He gave Peter a chance to be redeemed in his denial. He asked if Peter loved Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. One for each time that Peter denied him. Peter said he did love him. And Jesus told him to feed his sheep, to take care of his people, And, you know, Peter went on to be a martyr in faith and just incredible, incredible. He became very courageous in his faith, sharing the gospel across the land. Jesus turned to the rest of his disciples as well. And even though they ran from Jesus, you know, at Jesus' time of need, Jesus didn't run from them. He embraced them, giving them the authority to carry on the work that they'd started with him, carrying the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus turns to you and to me as well with outstretched arms, ready to welcome us home. Same arms that were outstretched on the cross where he died for each of us. The ultimate unblemished sacrifice, giving his perfect life to pay the price, price that we can't pay. Offering us the gift of all gifts, a, a gift so, uh, so great that we can't earn it, we certainly don't deserve it. Yeah. And yet Christ offers us the gift of his perfect life for ours. And all we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is receive it. Accept it. Open ourselves up to the relationship that Jesus offers. Inviting him into our lives to be our Lord, to be our Savior. Lord means he's number one. Means he's the one that we bow to, we kneel to, we open our arms to. Savior means that 
He's the one that makes things right. We can't save ourselves. We can't save one another. It's Christ and Christ alone. It's our Savior. He was betrayed, but he chose better, not bitter. He chose to make our lives better, thanks to his. And so the question then is, are you ready to see, receive the better life? And maybe uh, long ago you said yes, and you've received it. I encourage you to daily open yourselves up to the possibilities that Christ offers by being part of your life. And maybe, maybe you've never opened yourself up to that possibility. Well, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day to open yourself. Lord, Lord, I'm ready. In fact, when we close out, we'll pray and we'll offer a prayer that if you say with you, it's a prayer of opening oneself up to Jesus. Are you ready to receive the better life that he offers, a life in Christ? You know, the Lord was with Joseph and his life was better, not bitter. What about you? What about you? Because the choice is ours, isn't it? The choice is ours. That's the good news. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, I, I lift up everyone here at all of our locations, and, and I lift them up, Lord, to the possibility of a relationship with you. And some already know that possibility, living it out, and I, I pray that daily they'll reopen themselves up to that possibility of a relationship with you, of what that brings, of what that means, of what that gives. But right now, Lord, I, I, I pray your Holy Spirit invade those who do not have that relation, who have not opened up, and I pray that you will open, help open them to that possibility, Lord. If that's you out there, listen and share this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Lord, I know I can't help myself, I can't save myself. I need you in my life to forgive my sin, to bring new life to me, Lord. I'm opening my life to you. Please come in. Please change me and make me new. I pray these things, Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All those gathered said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.